Welcome to True Enough. We are your hosts. I am Catherine Duvall. And I am Brandon McCowan. True Enough is a podcast about mysteries, true crime, solved and unsolved notorious crimes. This week's podcast is about the Mineral Washington murders, also known as the Tube Sock Killings. The Mineral Washington murders, dubbed by the media as the Tube Sock Killings, are a series of unsolved murders that occurred in the remote areas of Lewis and Pierce counties in the state of Washington. On August 10, 1985, a Tacoma, Washington couple, Stephen Harkins, 27, and Ruth Cooper, 42, went camping at the remote Tool Lake area near the town of Yelm in southern Pierce County. The next day, the two were noted as absent from their training program at a vocational school. The following day, absent again as well. On August 14th, their families reported them as missing to Tacoma police. The same day, Stephen Harkins' body was found by a person passing by the campsite who was curious why Harkins' car had not moved in two days. He found Harkins, dead, in the front seat of the car, inside his sleeping bag. He had been shot in the head. The couple had brought their dog along on their trip the night of August 10th. On August 15th, the dog's remains were discovered several hundred yards away from where Harkins' body was found. The dog had also been shot. The remains of Ruth Cooper were not found until over two months later in multiple locations. On October 26th, two hunters found her skull about one and a half miles away, west of the campsite. It was identified by the medical examiner through the use of dental records. On October 28th, during a police search effort, Cooper's body was finally found about 50 feet away from where her skull had been discovered. The medical examiner concluded her death to be from a gunshot wound to her abdomen, but incidentally, a tube sock had been tied around her neck. Over a month after the discovery of Ruth Cooper, Mike Reimer, 36, and his girlfriend Diana Robertson, 21, and their daughter Crystal Louise Robertson, age two, traveled from their Tacoma home to Pierce County, planning to find a campsite near the Nisqually River. Reimer, an animal trapper, also planned to check on traps he had set in the area. Later that evening, customers at a Kmart store some 30 miles north in Spanaway found the couple's daughter, Crystal, standing outside the store entrance. Crystal was placed in temporary foster care until her maternal grandmother saw her photograph on a local news broadcast two days later. When asked where her mother was, the day's two-year-old told her grandmother that her mommy was in the trees. Though this was new information, it proved to be a little too vague to properly perform an adequate search investigation. According to investigators, the two-year-old was not nearly verbal enough to provide any further information. Police searched the area both on foot and by air, looking for evidence of Reimer's red 1982 Plymouth pickup truck, but efforts remained fruitless. On February 18th in 1986, over two months after the couple's disappearance, the body of Diana Robertson was discovered half-buried in snow 
by a motorist near a logging road off of Washington State Route 7 in Mineral, Washington. Bloodhounds scoured the area in the following days, but six inches of snowfall impeded the search. Reimer's pickup truck was also found near Robertson's body. In the truck, police discovered a note on the dashboard that read, I love you, Diana. It was written on a manila envelope. Diana's mother believed the handwriting matched Mike's, but a conclusive answer couldn't be determined. Bloodstains were also found on the seat of the truck. An autopsy revealed that Diana Robertson had been stabbed 17 times and, as with Ruth Cooper, was also found with a tube sock tied around her neck. Due to Reimer's disappearance, investigators believe he may have been responsible for Robertson's murder and had abandoned his daughter at the Kmart store and then subsequently fled. Police theorized that Reimer may have been responsible for Harkins and Cooper's murders as well. An alternate theory, however, claimed that Reimer was also a victim of the same killer who had murdered Robertson, Harkins, and Cooper. In February of 1986, after the discovery of Robertson's body, the Seattle Post-Intelligence published an article revealing that Reimer had been charged with domestic assault against Robertson on October 19, 1985. Mike Reimer remained the prime suspect for decades. He had a history of domestic violence. Prior to Diana's murder, he had physically assaulted her several times, one of which resulted in that arrest in October of 1985. However, he and Diana were always reconciling their differences. Additionally, he worked as a roofer in Seattle, as well as an animal trapper. He had the expertise to survive outdoors. Plus, since his girlfriend was found with a tube sock around her neck, just as Ruth Cooper, and no sign of his skeletal remains, this is the only substantial law enforcement theory. On March 26, 2011, hikers discovered a partial human skull later determined to be that of Mike Reimer. It was found in an area within a mile radius of where Robertson's body had been discovered in 1986. After recovery of the skull, Lewis County investigators stated that they believe Reimer could have been a possible victim of homicide, though his cause of death could not be determined. Based on the condition of the skull, however, authorities were able to rule out a gunshot wound to the head. So, Brandon, tube sock killer, what do you think? Sometimes we go into these cases and we know enough that when we research, we can get a a better picture of where the case is going to lead us as far as theories or conclusions. We know that we're going to learn more about the case and we can make an educated theory, I think, out of it. This is not one of those cases. <laughs> this, this, was a, this was a rough one. This happened, you know, a, a bit of time ago. And for the Reimer Robertson case, there was heavy snowfall. So there was not much to go on. The bodies, even in the, in the Harkins Cooper case had been out there for a while. So there wasn't much forensic evidence there either. And, and I really wish for this case that, 
if there was, there wasn't any record of it, but I wish that a criminal profiler or a criminal forensic scientist could have come out to the scene when it was being uh, investigated and analyze the scene and, 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 or at least analyze the pictures taken of the scene. If there are any pictures, uh, we, I don't think we could find any, right? We could not even find any pictures or anything. Uh, as far as uh, evidentiary support in any way on this case, we just have the story. Right. And so we have no analysis from any, any expert. No. It's all basically the police investigated to the best of their ability. Didn't bring anybody else in, at least as far as we know, to, to take a deeper look. And they made their theory. And it's gone cold since that time. But... Well, I mean, in their defense, they made their theory. And it very much seemed to fit because Reimer disappeared and the killing stopped. So they thought, you know what, that's got to be our man, but where is he? And then when they found his body or his skull, um, it was, well, there's our man and something got him. Right, right. <laughs> We're done. But it's not even like a serial killing, essentially, because we only have Harkins and Cooper and Reimer and Robertson. Yeah. So so we're left with two loosely connected murders, connected by camping in the outdoors, or or, or at least outdoors in the relatively, relatively same area, but not exact, area. and tube socks. And tube socks. <laughs> Which to me, uh it's it's so much conjecture to relate these two together, to tie these two together. Well, I agree. I agree. Uh, however, there is another link. Uh, Harkins and Cooper, I believe, were killed right near a logging trail as well. Uh, or I, I might be mistaken. That might be the, the trapping area that Reimer frequented. So there is a link to him from both cases. So, and I think that is most of the reason why the police went to that conclusion a because he had disappeared um and b because it, that's his trapping area both areas were his trapping area maybe he said something to harkins and harkins said something back to him and it escalated and ended up in uh some sort of altercation i mean reimer was notably had anger issues i mean he beat up on robertson pretty regularly according to my research so Maybe he had anger issues. So why was Harkins found in a sleeping bag in the front seat of the truck at, at that scene? Again, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and and I, he was shot in the head. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me that that scene. It, Did it, he have any other injuries? I, I don't know. Not enough information. Exactly. And I wonder if he if there was another injury. Maybe uh, maybe Cooper ran off. Harkins thought he was going to die, zipped himself up in a sleeping bag and got in the car to try to keep warm and either passed out or whatever. And then Reimer came back later and shot him in the head. If we're going to game out how this happened, I was thinking about this. So you're talking about two people and a dog. Yes. For the Harkins and Cooper murders. Yes. And if you're talking about... An, uh, another person, the perpetrator, entering the scene, they have to gain control of the dog and 
two people in a way that they don't leave any traces of themselves behind. Well, I agree with you. Yes and no. Um, a, this was, that was the 80s uh, that yes. that uh, happened. B, they're outside. Um, so it is very easy to, wind blows away hair and things of that nature. It's not like this happened inside where you're more likely to get some sort of forensic evidence or something. But I mean, it is possible that, I mean, it's possible it wasn't Reimer at all. Maybe it was somebody who followed them. You know, maybe the cases are not related. Um, I'm just saying if we go with the theory that it was Reimer and there was some sort of altercation, uh, maybe it's possible that, you know, Cooper said, you know what, I'm going to run out and go to the bathroom. You try to figure out how we can keep warm. Um, and he was sitting in his truck in the sleeping bag because it was too cold out that night. And she took the dog with her for safety. She goes out to you know, use a tree or whatever and runs into Reimer. Reimer takes her out and the dog and then comes back and shoots Harkin in the head. It's plausible. There's a, it's plausible. I mean, anything's plausible. I agree. But I think you have to, in that circumstance, you have to control the dog first because the dog's going to be barking, barking, Maybe barking. he did control the dog first. But you have to also get uh, Cooper out from the campsite because she was found so many feet away from the campsite. Maybe she was looking for wood. Right. For a fire. Right. Right. So there are any number of reasons that she could have been out that far. Right. Or maybe he killed the guy first and took her out that far. And I'm not saying it's Reimer. I'm saying it's, it's just any person. No, I I agree. We, we don't have conclusive proof that, that this, that Reimer was responsible, frankly, for either one of these. So there's, I mean, for me, this whole, this whole entire, these two murders, there's just not enough, not enough platform for me to take a leap off of and know where I'm going to land as far as the assumption I want to make about certain things. I agree. There's so much conjecture. I can't. And so my theory is that I, I almost have no theory, but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's sad to say, uh, because there just isn't enough information. Like I, we, we barely know enough about Reimer, right. even as a prime suspect. Right. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you. I I don't think it was Reimer um, in either case. I think that whomever um, killed Robertson knew about the tube sock killing because perhaps they'd seen the article about it and decided to tie his tube sock around her neck to make it look like it was related to something else. Um, I think that Reimer tried to defend his girlfriend possibly had, um, a, a, you know, a fatal wound and struggled and wandered around the woods until he finally expired. Um, I, and I think the, it was, you know, probably pretty cold. I think whoever stalked him either stopped stalking him or fa- finally found him and killed him. But, um, I, I, I don't, I don't lean towards Reimer actually being, the culprit here. Right. I, I just, I just can't there. I mean, yeah, he had domestic issues with his girlfriend. Um, but I also, I struggle that he would just leave his daughter at a random Kmart outside and be like, see you, you know, sorry, I killed your mom. Oh, you know, good luck. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I, I, and this, of course, is before cameras were at places. So 
And the, I mean, she was two years old, so, you know, she doesn't have any, I mean, the first thing I would have asked her was who left you at the Kmart? Right. I mean, I feel like that would have been a reasonable question. I can't imagine that she didn't have some sort of answer as to who left her at the Kmart. That's a good question. But it's never mentioned anywhere, which bothers me. Or maybe it was mentioned and it's something the police just aren't saying. Um, but a two-year-old knows the difference between a stranger and their and her parents. You know, if she had been asked, did mommy leave you here? Did daddy leave you here? Did a stranger leave you here? Did a policeman leave you here? Something like that. The two-year-old is going to know the difference between yes, mommy and daddy and a stranger. I would think so. So that that part bothers me a little bit that there's no mention of other than where is mommy, which seems like a weird question to be asking a two-year-old to begin with. Where is mommy? I wouldn't start with that question if I were questioning. Well, I don't think they did. They start with that question. I do, that's the only question that's mentioned. But I mean, we this is the first cold case that we have really come across that neither one of us has a particularly good solid theory of I really think this guy did it, or I really know for a fact that this guy didn't do it, or something like that. This is the first one that we've come across that has been kind of a little. There's really no right way we can take with it right so so what have we learned class well our prime suspect may not be the prime suspect these murders that might be connected might not be connected <laughs> uh what else that's pretty much it that's pretty much it so thank you again for uh for listening uh for this week's podcast um and that is true enough thank you did mike reimer kill harkins cooper and his girlfriend, and then commit suicide, realizing he would likely be found out? Or is there someone else still out there? Who knows? We may never know who the tube saw killer is. This ends this episode of True Enough. This episode was produced, written, and edited by your co-hosts, Catherine Duvall and Brandon McCowan. Thanks go out to our sources, which are listed in our show notes. All music was provided by Anchor.fm. True Enough is created by us and distributed through Anchor. You can find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash true dash enough. From there, you can message us or you can now email us at trueenoughnation at gmail.com. So please send us your questions, thoughts, opinions, and hate mail about any of our episodes. Also, please subscribe to us in whichever podcast app you like so you don't miss our next episode, where we try to determine what is true enough to be believed.